My name is Scott Challoner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. We're recording this programme today on what is a cool but bright morning here in the capital, and I'm delighted to say that joining us on the show is Darren Woods, CEO and co-founder of Encircle Solutions Limited. Uh, Darren, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Hi Scott, yeah, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure and uh, just for those uh, regular listeners that may not be familiar with you, Darren, and your business, um, Encircle started out developing a leading edge BPM platform, didn't it? And now that's branched out to support millions of business process transactions across very many public and private sector organisations. So it's something that's sort of really grown over the years, I think it's fair to say. That's right, yeah, and it's evolved over the years. From what we started out, it's, uh, it's very different. Yeah, really exciting stuff indeed. And obviously, the last 18 months, I think it's fair to say for a great many businesses that have enjoyed such growth. I mean, it's been a real challenge, hasn't it, sort of adapting to the uh, the COVID situation. But it's businesses that have sort of thrived in that technology sphere that seem to have sort of coped quite well over the uh, the challenges of the last two years. Would you say that's also applicable to um, yourselves? Absolutely. Yeah, we... Um we parted ways geographically about four years ago as an organization and we realized that we could be digital nomads. <laughs> so my co-founder and partner, Tom Taylor, he moved to Brighton and one of our other guys moved up north and there was just two of us left in Nottingham. We outsourced our accounts because our accounts lady uh, decided to move on. And we suddenly realized there was two of us knocking around this huge office in Nottingham Lace Market. So it was a huge cost, not much benefit. And so we decided to go completely virtual. And that was four years ago. Um, and with the pandemic, it was kind of no change for us, really. Mm. Um, we had the home of, home offices all set up. Um, all of our compliance and security was updated around our policies and procedures to do with home working. We really tightened up on the security of the bring your own devices approach. And yeah, we've grown um, since then. And really the pandemic was, yeah, like I say, business as usual mm. during those lockdowns for us, which was lucky. And we, yeah, we noticed a lot of change in our clients as well, the way they were working. Um, and we were, allowed, we, were, we were able to help them, guide them. Mm. I suppose, obviously, that's been really advantageous, isn't it, sort of being ahead of the curve in that sense, because now that sort of everybody's had to do it and we've sort of seen that wholesale transition toward a sort of hybrid or remote way of working accelerated, uh, basically, um, you've been in a position, a unique position, to essentially work with your clients and sort of help them over into these sort of new working models. And I think what's very clear is that even though restrictions are now gone, um, it's going to be here to stay, isn't it? Because people are really start, starting to see the benefits of these sort of new working models um, on both sort of mental health, on the work-life balance, and also on productivity. Yeah, technology's always been there with these tools and these solutions, but it's it's the culture, really, that adopts the technology. And if you don't get the culture right, there's no point throwing technology at anything, really, any organisation of any type. I think the pandemic has really made us sit, sit back and look at these solutions we've got ready and waiting. And it's, I think I've read somewhere that it's accelerated the transition to more remote working by sort of 10 years, 10 or 15 years, and compressed that into just a few months. So it's, yeah, a huge change. 
And it's impressive, isn't it, that business has been flexible enough to sort of facilitate that change in such a short space of time where businesses weren't ahead of the curve. It's incredibly impressive. Um, obviously, um, there are some pitfalls that do come with sort of home working that we have seen. And that is um, more, more in the sense that it sort of blurs the boundary, doesn't it, sort of between work life and home life. So while productivity is good, there is obviously instances where people maybe are just doing that little bit extra and perhaps overworking themselves sometimes. And so sort of maintaining sort of that kind of that proper balance maintaining morale maintaining sort of good mental health and well-being those are sort of some challenges that do sort of come with sort of working in a more hybrid model don't they yeah yeah the motivational side of it i think is is key to encourage um that can that can really hold hold back the productivity side of things um but i think there's there's so many benefits in terms of family um and less travel, and mm. you know the, the time the time that's been given back to people to spend time with their family is you can't put a, a price on that. So I think if, a, if productivity drops, I think that's a small price to pay for the for the well being of your your employees. It is, and obviously you talk about as well. Um being able to sort of be sort of time efficient not having to travel and i think given that we're recording this on november the 11th so the cop 26 climate summit is still ongoing in glasgow as well um, and everybody's talking about the importance of cutting down on carbon emissions that's an important factor as well isn't it the fact that you don't have to essentially hop on a plane or hop in a car to go and attend a business meeting that's going to last for like one hour two hours you're able to just sort of log on to your laptop conduct the meeting over zoom or teams or another kind of online forum and um it just makes things like far better productivity wise in terms of time efficiency but also for sort of the environment as well well that's right but i have heard you know the impact of people having to heat their homes when they would usually be out Mm. 12 hours in the day if we've got poorly insulated homes then it's just it's just going to be counterbalanced by those high carbon heating, poorly insulated homes, throwing all of that energy out into the environment. Sadly, you know. mm, that is the there's, there's still it's opportunities for improvement there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously upgrading homes in the UK, it's going to be incredibly important um, if like, home working is going to become sort of the norm moving forward from here. And obviously as well, we've seen sort of a bit of a digital sort of privilege gap as well, haven't we, where some homes haven't had access to sort of gigabit broadband and being able to sort of run all of the applications that they've needed to uh, to work efficiently. So that's another thing as well that's going to, the rollout of that is going to have to be facilitated quite rapidly. Yeah, and that's where we need to see leadership from central government around mm. grants and and enabling those people to be to be handed up into the digital economy, given a hand up into the digital economy, because otherwise we are going to see that further disparity between the haves and the have not, unfortunately. And I think they are some of the biggest lessons in certainly the digital and the technological world that we've sort of seen from this uh, pandemic, haven't we? The need to sort of really level up and hopefully with the government sort of keeping that at the heart of its agenda, that is something that we are going to, fingers crossed, see over the next uh, few months and indeed years. And what we think about sort of pandemic lessons, uh, Darren, I know it has largely sort of been business as usual for Encircle Solutions because you sort of you were ahead of the curve in those working practices of yours. Um, but is there anything sort of as a lesson you'd say that you may be taken away from the experience of leading your business through this last two years? 
Um, I think the biggest lesson for me was was probably again just focusing on the people. Um, you can be focused on the bottom line, but there's it's the people's well-being and mental health that are important, all important. Um, you know, a lot of families have been hit with grief during these these times, and it's important to make sure there are services available to to help those people. And again, unfortunately, they've been cutting the community back to the bone or to non-existence, unfortunately, over the last 10, 15 years. So I think business leaders need to focus on their people even more these days. Yeah, business leaders do have to sort of take a lead on mental health, don't they? And um, I think it's important as well to remember that it almost starts with the self, doesn't it? Because when you're sort of in a survival mode, especially if say we're talking about a business that has had to adapt a great deal over the last couple of years. Um, it's easy to sort of get sucked into survival mode, be in there sort of the first person in their room in the morning or the first person on Zoom in the morning and the last person, of course, to leave. And you're sort of putting everything in, you're mucking in and you're leading by example. But if you're sort of overburdening yourself and your mental health is suffering as a result of that, you're not sort of going to be in a position to safeguard that of everyone else around you, are you? So you need as a leader as well to avoid burnout and to sort of take that time out for yourself as and when you need to. And sometimes it, that's something that's easily forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Our business is founded on um, permaculture ethics and principles. And the, the very first one is earth care, but the second is people care. And that starts off with that. We call it this zone zero zero in terms of culture, which is the inner self. And if you don't partition time for yourself in that, um, yeah, that taking time out, not picking your phone up first thing in the morning and checking your calendar, but actually you know, waking up, doing some breathing, looking out around the world, looking at nature, and then looking at the screen. Yeah, that can, that can really give you a solid foundation. It can indeed. And I think as well that if you are not taking these considerations into account and you're sort of not showing that sort of mental health is a priority in the culture of your business, you are ultimately going to suffer in the long run for that because certainly what other people I've had on the show have uh, witnessed over the last two years is the fact that more and more people are starting to change in terms of demand what they want from their prospective employers when they're going forward and applying for jobs. And if you aren't willing to give them flexibility with their working practices, if you're not showing that, you know, mental health is very much at the forefront of your considerations, they're not going to want to come and work for you. So businesses are having to be very, very mindful of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good shift. I think um, we've been looking to, you know, um, employment law, but I think there's, there's some benefits of, of the gig economy in that it's opening up the market. And forcing companies to, yeah, really try and attract those talented people. And there's good competition out there from a lot of tech firms now around that well-being and, and flexible working. And tech firms need that talent, don't they? Yeah, because obviously we've seen the detrimental effects of the skills gap in quite a few industries over the um the course of the last uh, few months especially it branches out back as far as years for some sectors um but there is sort of a little bit of um a shortfall in digital aptitude out there at the moment and obviously there's a lot of people who could potentially upskill and move into the industry um but still i mean in the in the immediate and short term i mean that's not going to obviously help 
tech firms, is it? I mean, they're sort of competing over a very small pool of talent. And, you know, you've got to show that you've got your culture right in order to get those people in. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting sort of immediate future for the sector, isn't it? Not only in terms of recruitment, but also in sort of keeping that adaptability going, being the first to sort of bring in these new innovations. And we've seen innovation and flexibility at sort of an unprecedented scale over the last couple of years. And so hopefully British industry is in a position for that to continue. So for yourselves at Encircle Solutions, looking forward into the next sort of 12 months, now that we've sort of left the pandemic and restrictions behind, what are some of the sort of key priorities for you going to be and indeed where do you see yourselves by this time next year and what are you hoping to have achieved? Yeah, we've been incorporated since 2004 so it's 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 been a long time and, and, and me and the directors in the business are starting to think about our future and our exit strategy and we're trying to craft a business that's going to be self-sustaining rather than dependent on our two individual personalities running it so we're going to be trying to sort of crystallize our culture and approach to working and looking after our customers into policy into our policies and procedures into our management system and looking to um, package that system that we've been working on for the last since we've been accredited with iso 27001 which is six years ago and we've built a, a rather dynamic and configurable um, compliance risk management platform and we're looking to commercialize that over the next year or so and we're hoping that having a we've been very much a managed service company software development so we're very limited it's not a very scalable business but it's given us a lifestyle um, but now we're looking at really trying to scale that business up with a software offering on the cloud to do with compliance and, and really putting our culture and crystallizing our culture that we've developed over the last 20 years into a product that will benefit us and hopefully give us a scalable re- uh, revenue stream. Mm, so really exciting times uh, then for within the uh, the business. and. I think actually as we start to sort of see that taking shape over the course of the year, the next 12 months, because it does sound a really exciting project, it might even be good, Darren, to sort of check back in and just review how far along you are with that and just see how things are um, sort of developing because it's always good, obviously, speaking on this programme to sort of talk about ambitions and what might come along, but obviously it's very different when you actually get to that point. Um, obviously things can be maybe just a little bit less than you expected sometimes things can be a hell of a lot better so i think it would be brilliant to have you back on i found it thoroughly enlightening having you on the program with us today oh great yeah i've enjoyed it scott yeah it's been fantastic um thank you ever so much for joining us on the show it's been a real real pleasure having you with us and it's always good of course looking into niche industries and just having a bird's eye view of what's going on and just for those regular listeners tuning in that may have listened to darren's interview today and that may even think that you have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us then by all means do apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and who knows it could be you next speaking to us uh, darren thank you once again for joining us and do take care thanks scott you take care cheers it was a pleasure welcoming darren wood ceo and co-founder of encircle solutions limited onto today's show and i do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview until next time i'll be off to raise a glass to outstanding leadership at my usual corner in the local pub and to everybody tuning in who is already looking forward to our next show we'll be back for more in conversation with business leaders all across the country very, very soon indeed. I'm already relishing the next time 
we get to have you tuning in with us and learning more about the successes and innovations behind the scenes in what is an excellent British industry. Until next time, goodbye.